The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Well, good morning, Refuge Church. It is thrilling to be here with you today. You know, I remember in the old Robin Hood foxes that uh, tramps through the woods singing songs um there is a part in it where lady cluck i believe it is uh says to the fox maid mary and she says absence only makes the heart grow fonder and that is very true i miss you all so 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 much and we've got to that point where i see your pictures on facebook or instagram and it's just it's like i feel like i'm in an overseas country just missing you so Know that you are missed, you are loved. I also just want to make available, if at this time you need prayer or pastoral counsel, all the elders are here for you. We want to be uh, walking alongside you in the capacity that we can at this time, so please reach out. Do not hesitate. You can call us, shoot us a message on Facebook. We want to be here for you. Also, want to give a... Big, we love you to mothers. Uh, If you are sitting with your mother now, look at her deeply in the eye and say, Mother, I love you. And uh, hopefully this feels like like I'm doing this with my mother right now. Uh, We have um, grown up, we're here, and we love you. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to dive into our Mother's Day sermon uh, called, What a Woman! and uh, I hope that God shapes our hearts, forms our hearts, and, and that from this, we not only learn how to honor mothers better, but we also, this is, this is, sounds like a huge goal today, but my hope is that we know better what it means to be a man and a woman. So with that, pray with me, and then we'll dive into today's sermon. God, we are created people. You are the creator. So I pray that you'll teach us today. God, you chose yourself to come. You're born to have a mother, to be raised, to love, and be loved by Mary. Uh, God, as we dig into your word today, I pray that we will be an honoring people, husbands honoring their wives, kids honoring their mothers, but also men honoring women and women honoring men. God, in the climate of today's culture, uh, there's so much hurt, so much dishonor. Um, So God, as we look to your word and want to honor you, I pray that you will teach us today. Praise in Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to you know, throw in a little confusion and conflict into the mix during a conversation, I have a great recipe for you. All you need to do is say, hey, I w- I've been thinking about this question and I just want us all to talk about it for a little bit. What's the difference between a man and a woman? That sort of brings together... Uh, all the tensions in religion and politics in our culture today. What's the difference between a man and a woman? And 
popular thinking will lead us to believe that there really isn't a difference. There really isn't a difference. But how unsatisfying is that? How unsatisfying is it to, to not acknowledge a difference when we see so clearly that there are differences? We aren't just a cluster of atoms. We are created beings, created beings with intent and design. I want you to imagine walking through an art gallery. So you go to the Seattle Art Museum and you're walking through it and you've, you know, you've chipped in for a little museum tour and, and I want you to imagine you're going to one piece of artwork after another and as you, you go to one, instead of describing what the author was thinking, feeling, trying to express, the curator of the museum simply says, isn't this a nice cluster of atoms? And then they, they keep walking and they go to another piece of artwork and they say, here what you have to observe is yet another cluster of atoms. And that's oftentimes how we're treated. Each of us who is so unique and yet share similarities and yet we are way more than simply clusters of atoms. We are created people. We are not chance people. We are made people. See, the confusion that is thrown into a discussion when we ask what is the difference between a man and woman should not be there among believers. And, I, and I'm not saying the, this is easy. What I'm saying is that we have the word of God to turn to. We have the word of God to turn to. These things are, as the proverb would say about a relationship between a man and a woman, these things are too wonderful for me. How we can be equal image bearers of God. Equal co-heirs with Christ. And yet, fantastically and beautifully different by design. And we are told that from the word of God. We gather every Sunday morning and, and even outside of this time because we are drawn by the word of God, the scripture that we believe was revealed. Meaning it, it isn't just you're in my best guess as to how to live, who I am, what a man is, what a woman is. But we believe that God himself revealed in his word how we are to think about these things, not to oversimplify it. But, but we know it's not simple because there is so much confusion. But I think that confusion oftentimes comes from the fact, and fear comes from the fact that we don't keep turning back, steering our course back to the word of God. We keep coming back to popular opinion. Think about this, until you know who you are, and until you know whose you are, you will be fearful. Until you know who you are, and until you know whose you are, you will be fearful. Fearful about how you'll be treated, fearful about um, how you think, and how you feel, and how you act. Until you know who you are, and whose you are, you will be fearful, and there is no need no need to be fearful because God says who we are and he invites us to be his very own. See, those who think they already know everything miss out on actually knowing. 
They come to God and they feel like they already know. They miss out on knowing because the kingdom of God, we are told by Jesus, belongs to those who are poor in spirit. They know that we come to God needing to learn from him. Those who don't know who they are try to prove themselves by power and in the long run end up hurting one another. And Jesus says, no, don't try to prove yourself by power. It is the meek that inherit the earth. The meekest man who ever lived laid down his life for the world. And Ephesians 5, seeing this example of Jesus, says, and this is the way that husbands ought to love their wives, by laying down their life for her. And the wife receives joy from this, living in the safety of that sacrificial love. This, again, it says, is a profound mystery. But open your Bibles and you will, just, you will find something so wonderful and beautiful in healing. Healing. Is that not what we want? Oftentimes, though, instead of finding the healing of God's word, his presence, his way, his invitation, we seek independence. And I will say, this is, this is so important, one of the greatest lies, one of the worst lies that is believed today by men and women is the idea of being strong and independent. We hear this all the time strong independent woman, I'm a strong independent man, strong and independent. And this is a lie. Both men and women need to be saved and are dependent for that saving rescue. This is a humble beginning, but this is what we understand in the gospel. And it's the way we understand what it means to be a man and a woman. That we are not strong and we are not independent. We need to be saved and rescued. Even our thinking needs to be saved and rescued. And like the disciples turned to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We need to look to Jesus and say, teach us what it means to be men and women. Now that's quite the preamble, I understand, for Mother's Day. I, I kind of wish that we were here just so I can see your faces and, and see in your faces the thought, what are we going to do next? <laughs> what is he going to say next? This is so important, though, as we turn to mothers, because mothers highlight this context we live in. They highlight for a young woman what they should aspire to as they grow older, and they, they highlight for, for young men the standard they should have in seeking a wife of their own. Now, if we're looking uh, to a text that speaks about motherhood, adoptive, biological, foster moms, spiritual moms, if we're looking for that chapter, um, yeah, there's a lot of great examples, but I am going to go to Proverbs 31, and I know, I know so many women are probably like, man, Proverbs 31, again. Um, and oftentimes we turn to this just simply to look at a wife of noble character, a woman of noble character, but we find a mother in this. A, a woman, a mother that captures our attention. Woman that captures our attention. And this is the big idea of today. That when we praise something that is praiseworthy, we are praising God. Like it says in Philippians 4, whatever is noble 
praiseworthy, lovely think about these things. And we want to, we want to, as we read Proverbs 31, dwell on this. And why, but while we dwell on this and we see the characters of a praiseworthy woman, we praise her. We are praising God. So, read this with me. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it out of her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. I love that image. She's laughing at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. The verses I want to call attention to specifically are these ones at the end, and I'll read them again, verses 28 through 31. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and praises her. And this is what they say. This is, this is what they are singing, singing to her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Praise her. Praise this woman. Honor her for all her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Now, there are many reasons to admire this woman. Now, I realized when I said earlier that this woman captures our attention, that, um, that women are oftentimes looked at or, or get attention for the reason they don't want often by the perverted eye, both the perverted eye of the man or woman. And what I mean by this is the man who is looking lustfully at her or the woman who looks uh, with envy or pride on her, right? Both these means of attention or ways that attention is given to a woman, both pervert this idea of the capturing of attention that we get in Proverbs 31. The woman in Proverbs 31 gains our attention because she is so praiseworthy. It's amazing 
what we see in her. We see her skill at living and the way she honors God and her family. And herself gains confidence because of this, laughing even at the days to come. Now, I've met many women who reading Proverbs 31 um, almost feel like it's this, this shadow cast over them. Because who can be this woman in Proverbs 31? And, and that's right. I, I think if, if any of us got to see a highlight reel of our life, uh, it probably would make us look more impressive than we feel like we are. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, my bachelor party. Um, I went with a couple of guys to the ocean, and we had a great time. We rode scooters and played frisbee and had a big bonfire at the beach. And, uh, and my cousin does great video, and he pulled together these clips from it, and he made this video that looks fantastic. And, and I remember the next day showing this to some people, and one of my groomsmen uh, was there, and he looks at his wife and he says, it really wasn't as cool as it looked. <laughs> so that, that oftentimes is, I think, what we get in Proverbs 31, that, man, these women are in our midst, but they probably don't feel this way, even though so many of them are representing these incredible skills. And women, we praise you for this. This proverb is, a calling, this proverb is calling attention to the masterpiece God has formed in the woman who fears him. Ephesians 2.10 talks about this. When we are shaped into the masterpiece of God, and that is what we see here, and there are masterpieces walking among us. In these verses, we see a God-made woman who knows that charm is deceitful. Beauty is fleeting, and has chosen to fear the Lord, and in fearing the Lord is fulfilling his design for her life, and we praise her for that. We praise you for that, women who fear the Lord. She has been formed by this fear of the Lord. So, what do we understand about a woman who is formed by God by fear of the Lord? And there's, there's just like three things I want to look at with that. But I, I just want, I hope you're seeing our transition here. The huge question, what's the difference between a man and a woman? And, and a question that we are dying to know the answer to when I do pre-marriage counseling with, with a couple or, or a young man comes and says, man, what does it look like to, to grow up? These are the questions we're asking. What does it mean to be a man and a woman? And that transition to showing a woman who's been formed by fear of the Lord. And so now her husband is praising her and her kids are praising her and she is bold and she is courageous but she is not independent she is dependent she is dependent on her fear of the lord acknowledging that every good and perfect gift comes from him and, and waiting on him for those things so there's three things i want to look at really quick in this woman who fears the lord first is this that her life is a testimony to the work of god a woman who fears the Lord, her life is a testimony to the work of God. Remember, a woman of God is not trying to tirelessly make something of herself. Hear that again. A woman who fears the Lord is not tirelessly trying to make something of themselves. They don't need to read Proverbs 31 and say, oh, this is a checklist. i got to start checking. No, a woman who fears the Lord realizes that she just gets to find joy in what God is making of her. 
She's submitted to God, and, and she gets to see the fruit of that in her life. And so we must praise her, both for the evidence of grace looking back and the future grace that is hers. The evidence of grace already given to her and the future grace that is hers. We must not forget in this God-fearing woman that she once was a girl. She once was a girl who wanted to know what it meant to be a woman. She wanted to grow and mature. And now this woman that we see before us, who is fearing the Lord, who has grown in kindness, gracefulness, who teaches those who are around her, her, her kids who are, are wanting to know, the, the girls who are wanting to know, what does it look like to be a woman? And the, the sons who are wanting to know, what should I look for? And the woman I marry one day, as they see the evidence of grace in her life, they must remember that she needed grace to get to the place that she is at. And if you're a woman that feels just the pressure of comparison and and, and you, are, you are suffocating under, under all these expectations, know that, that it is not on you to tirelessly work to make something of yourself. You get to be filled with joy by submitting to God in fear of Him and seeing what He makes in your life. You, you're planted by God, you're watered by God, and you grow in His grace. This last week... Um, I got to meet a woman whose life is just full of the evidence of grace. I was invited to be on a webinar uh, with an organization called Shared Up International and speak about the work that we do with, with young men and women who are at risk, um, at risk of being homeless or homeless and then at risk of, of um, being um, exploited because of that. And, and so as I was on this webinar speaking, I, I got to meet again uh, a woman who was on that, and she was exploited as a, as a young woman. She grew up on the streets, um, very much uh, absent family, went to, from foster home to foster home to foster home. She was exploited by even her own stepdad. And painful story. Uh, when she was a, a, a young girl, um, she was picked up by a John, and to defend herself, she stabbed him. And instead of the John getting uh, prosecuted by the law, she was. And ended up going and, uh, man, there's so much in her story that just breaks the heart. But when you see her today, she speaks with such confidence and joy and testifies to the work of grace in her life. And she said on this, this webinar, she said, um, you know, I, I'm not living with regrets about what I've experienced in my life. Um, because I see the grace of God where he's brought me today. And, man, that is a woman who represents fear of the Lord. Instead of seeing uh, what she was, she sees what God has done in her life. And that grace is available for any of us today, that we don't need to tirelessly work to make something of ourselves. As we turn to God and fear him, as we fear the Lord, he does something beautiful in our lives. And we must not forget that there's future grace also. Uh, for, the, for the women, for the mothers who are watching this, who, who uh, know their own imperfections, who even see this, and uh, this Proverbs 31, and are wondering, uh, 
who will I become? I'm still becoming. Know that there is future grace for you also. And, and children know that. As you, as you look at your mothers, husbands know that. As you look at your wives, that there is grace, past, present, and future for them. And, and mothers, wives, women, I hope you feel that coming even from us to you, the grace of God, as that is mutual, our need for grace as well. So we praise God for mothers. You are a masterpiece of God. And he who began a good work graciously will finish it in you. The second thing is this. Her life, this woman who fears the Lord, is a witness to the way of God. Now I see this in, in the um, life of Timothy, who Paul writes first, or uh, Paul writes first and second Timothy to. We, we read in the book of Second Timothy about his mother Eunice and grandmother Lois. Second Timothy 1:5 says this, "I'm reminded of your sincere faith," Paul writes, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives also in you. Do you see her witness, this witness of Eunice and Lois to Timothy, now that Paul gets to see and affirm in him? See, the woman who fears the Lord, we know that because her children are familiar with truth. They're familiar with stories of Jesus, just as Timothy became familiar with stories of Jesus because of his mother and his grandmother. We actually don't see a father here. And, and so Paul actually gets the joy of stepping in as a spiritual father to Timothy because that's such a crucial, needed role. And, and I want to highlight here as Paul stepped in as spiritual father, there are so many that step in as spiritual mothers who are helping kids who need to hear about Jesus, hear those stories about Jesus from the witness of her life to the way of God. As I mentioned earlier, one of the ways that the one who fears the Lord, her life is a witness to the way of God, is by showing daughters how to become a God-fearing woman, and by showing sons the standard that they should look for in the woman they will marry one day. How do we learn this otherwise? How do we learn this other than by the life of a woman who fears the Lord testifying to the way of God? Man. Praise the woman who is doing this. Praise them, because in praising them, we are praising God. Did you see that? The third thing is this. In the God-fearing woman, we see her life is submitted to the will of God. Her life is submitted to the will of God. As many of you know, Hannah and I have a little one on the way. Um, and there is a transformation that happens in the expectant mother. We call this the glow, right? I don't know if there's, there's any way for us to really comprehend that transformation that happens who, who uh, you know, aren't moms and don't know that. But there's also a transformation that happens in the waiting mother. And I want to be, um, I want to make notice of this because I've seen many women long for motherhood and, and they don't get to see in themselves the transformation that happens in that waiting as they are submitting to the will of God for his timing. And it is for us to praise them in the waiting. 
to praise them in the waiting, in the way that they're waiting, and the, the incredible hearts that are forming in them as they submit to the will of God and wait on the will of God. There is pain in the waiting. And, and the way we can support them and hold them up, these God-fearing women who are in the waiting, is by praising them. Praising them for the, the way we see God working in their life. We can love them. I don't know if there's a story that illustrates this better than the story of Mary, who was very surprised to have an angel show up to her one day and say, you're going to be a mom. Now, the amazing thing about Mary's story is that she has had a heart prepared by fear of the Lord. And so when the angel comes to her, she says, may the Lord do as he wishes. May he do as he wishes. And, and you see in her this transformation that happens. I mean, what Hannah and I are walking through now is she literally gets to see her body transforming. By this incredible sacrifice that she is taking on to give life to another and I think sometimes we, we don't live in moments well because we're like, oh, you know, the joy is greater than the sacrifice. But I, I, want, I want to acknowledge there's a sacrifice in this. To the woman who is carrying a child, there's an immense sacrifice. Uh, to her, literally, the, the soul that's in her, the human that is in her, is taking nourishment from her. This is profound. She's literally sacrificing even her own nourishment for the life of this child. It is amazing to see. And her life being submitted to the will of God. Understanding submission by even seeing the way Jesus submitted to the Father. The way we understand God giving his life for the life of the world. As the mother learns to give her life. For the life of this child. It is profound. It is absolutely profound. And in this we understand that submission means love. Her life is submitted to the will of God. And she finds safety in the fact. That the God who created all things that made her. Laid down his life for her. And gives her the safety within which to live. She lives submitted to love. And what, what is taking shape in the heart of that, that woman who is submitted to the will of God, saying, not my will, but your will be done, who's literally saying, I don't, I don't know, but this is in your hands. God, I, I don't even know all that's happening in me, but, but God, I trust you. Is in so many ways modeling not just for her child that, it will soon be held in her arms, but models for her husband, models for her community, what it means for God to love the world and lay down his life for the world. There's something so profound in this. Guys, we could unpack this forever. And so I just want to talk about what is our response? What is our response as we just observe, we watch, God-fearing women. And, and our response is simply this, wow! <laughs> wow! You are amazing! What we do, in the words of Proverbs 31, 29, is our response is simply this, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. 
Husbands, know that this is what your wives are longing to hear. Children, know this is what your mothers are longing to hear. Is There's a lot of women, but you are the best. Never seen anyone like you. Wow, the way you have lived and feared the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And in doing that, we do praise the Lord. In praising God-fearing mothers, we praise the Lord. I love this, this line uh, in, in C.S. C.S. Lewis writes, he says, but the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything else, says this, I thought of praise in terms of a compliment, approval, or giving honor. I had never noticed that all the enjoyment spontaneously overflows in praise. All enjoyment spontaneously overflows in praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising each other, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. Families, are you enjoying God-fearing women? Praise them. Praise them. Praise them. Man. Are you praising the woman in your life whose life is a testimony to the work of God? Are you praising the woman in your life whose life is a witness to the way of God and whose life has been submitted to the will of God and so the fruit of the Spirit is just coming from her? Praise her. And by doing this, we praise God. We say, well done. God, you made women amazing. Thank you. So, um, I gave some great questions today, and I encourage you to be a part of the community group and, and discuss those. Um, if you're not part of a community group, maybe just share this sermon with somebody and be like, hey, there's going to be some good conversation that comes from this. But I really encourage you, open your Bibles. Open your hearts to the Word of God. And ask yourselves, what is the difference between men and women? Because as we learn that, I believe our praise will erupt. God, praise you. God fearing men. Praise you for God fearing women. Praise you, God, for God fearing mothers. Refuge Church, love you so much. I will pray for us and then Blaine will come and close us. God, thank you. Thank you for my mother. Thank you for the mothers who fear you. They're giving their daughters an example. They want to be when they grow up, and their sons the standard for who they look for in a wife one day. God, this is... I, I, I pray that my words will come forth clarity they'll be your words because this is a great mystery God this is a great mystery God we ask for wisdom and understanding this wisdom so that we can praise one another well and submitting to you that we can be transformed into the people you've made us to be and while we so often are filled with fear to approach this subject, the subject of what it means to be a man and a woman. We're afraid because it's so important. We don't want to get it wrong. 
But I know on the, on the other side of that fear, when we learn from you, there is great joy. And there's life. You come alive in a special way. So God, we submit ourselves to your word, to your will, and we'll learn from you. Praise in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Mom, you're the best. I love you. Um, Refuge Church, invite you to give your mom, if you see her today, a big hug. And if not, uh, be sure to FaceTime her and tell her how much you love her. Uh, share some special memories with her. And if you can be creative, maybe make a new one today. Uh, we invite you to join us in incar incarnating King Jesus in City Life, speaking its languages, singing its rhythms, sharing its spaces, freeing the oppressed, fighting injustice, finding people at peace, inviting the city into the kingdom of God. I almost did myself in.